Thank you for joining me on the latest episode of Momentum Meets Podcast. I wanted to share with you the conversation I had with two of our broker partners and our latest Momentum 101. Andy Berman and Peter Phillips discussed how they broke down the barriers to start their own brokerage. Today's Momentum 101 is, is focused about how much it takes to start your own business and the challenges you faced with getting yourself in a position when you realized a move to self-employment was the right thing for you and your families. So starting off there, um, for the first question that's come out is, is both of you um, have a long history of being employed. You know, was starting your own business something that you'd always planned to do? I'll start the question with you, Pete, if you don't mind. Uh, to be honest, no, it wasn't. Um, quite a comfortable job, if I'm honest. Um, <clears throat> decent money, all the rest of it. Um, when the situation arose, I've also got two small kids, so that was sort of pertinent in my thinking um, on the basis that it was made redundant. Do I go straight into another job or could I, could I go self-employed? And that was a big, the big sort of fundamental for me was I've got two children. What do I need to do? That was in the biggest mind of my thinking before I did so, before I jumped. And what about you, Andy? Yeah, I guess um, always been slightly in the back of my mind. Um, again, uh, <laughs> relatively comfortable lifestyle being employed and um, family, uh, two young children or youngest children still at school and still needing to uh, ultimately support them through university potentially. So uh, probably timing um, was has never been really appropriate or had never been appropriate. So. Um, yeah, Co comfortable lifestyle, maybe like to have been self-employed running my own business, but, uh, but yeah, a few reasons potentially why not. And, and if you think about those reasons, particularly for you, Andy, what were they in regards to what probably stopped you from doing it earlier? Probably uh, the 12 months in the wilderness uh, whilst my uh, covenant expired, yep. uh, being able to support the family during that period of time. Okay, anything else in particular, or is that predominantly what was a, the, the whole pretty, back, if you know what I mean? Pretty much it, really, yeah. Yeah. And I suppose back to you, Pete, if you don't mind, you know, mm. when you started to explore the viability of being self-employed, how did you approach things, you know, so, so you could ensure that you were going in the right direction? My main source of, uh, <clears throat> if you like, information were basically other brokers. So some of the other brokers are known through all those years what made them set up, how did they set up, and where were their main issues? So it's just learning from other people to come along and go, right, because you're always going to have that bit where do I jump, and the main jump is the financial aspect. Yeah. And that was the one that you had to get from other people to say, how bad is it, how good is it, what's the difference? Um, do you just take the plunge on the fact that you know that you're pretty good at your job? Um, but as I said, it all, all, all corresponds to the numbers at the end of it. And, and when you were talking to these individuals, Pete, you know, what were they sort of saying to you? Were they sort of simply saying you'll never regret it? Were they su suggesting that you need to do a bit more due diligence or think about this a little bit more? Oh, oh, don't get me wrong, there were some scare stories. The biggest one probably was to do with compliance. And just if you go out, wherever you go, you're going to get a bundle of paperwork. You're going to be inundated with paperwork. You're going to be, you know, 20 hours a day sat at a desk. Um, 
So understanding where those issues would come from and how you could rectify them straight away was our biggest thinking, if I'm honest. Yeah, excellent. And, and passing the question across to you, Andy, you know, yeah. where did you start exploring things and who were you talking to or what were you doing? I think um, it, uh, it came from a bit of circumstance, really, because similar to Pete, uh, in, in a different environment, I was, um, I was made redundant and um, automatically it then comes into your mind, shall I do this? Shall I become self-employed? I, I feel now's as good a time as any. Uh, and then as soon as I started speaking to people who uh, I knew had already made that move, their encouragement was pretty much, you've got to do it. Uh, from their experience, you know, the sooner the better. And um, I, I held back, even then I held back and I didn't instantly go for it, but I did keep speaking to people. I did start um, feeling that, that if, if they'd done it and they'd made the jump and they were uh, further ahead in their journey, then then I could do it, uh, and then it was just a question of the, the correct timing. Yeah, and did and did they suggest a particular route to you in regards to how you could get to actually physically starting the business? I mean, were they appointed reps, directly authorised brokerages, or, or what was their background? They were all appointed reps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and what about you, uh, Pete? No, I, I had. One appointed rep and two um, that were fully authorised. Yeah, and did, and was there an overwhelming desire that or pushed, you know, what that AR or, or direct authorised was the right route for you? Uh, the scaremongery on the FCA was probably the biggest route that took us down AR. Yeah. Down the AR route. Um, but on the whole, very similar to Andy in that people were saying, just do it, go it, do it. You, you'll, you'll never regret it. Um, and we are where we are now. And I suppose, Pete, you raised the financials, and we'll come back to that a little bit later, and you also talked about compliance. But mm. did you have any perceptions prior to starting what your other challenges would be? Uh, I think that, obviously, we talked about financials. Not really. It was You have to back yourself. Uh, when I was at that particular insurer, I was doing very well. I had to sit there and go, yeah, if, if you if you back yourself, you know what you're going to do, you know what you're capable of, there's no reason why you can't do it. Yeah. What about you, Andy? You have to really back yourself uh, from day one. Um, until, you, until you actually feel you're ready to do that, then um, uh, it, it is a question of just the confidence to, to make that step. Um, yeah. It's just getting your head in the right space is basically what you're trying to say. It is really, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose parking the, those side of thing, that the the things you've just covered off. I mean, Pete obviously picked up on the financial side of thing. What about yourself in regards to the financials? How did you see? You know, you needed to prepare for it. How did you effectively fund the business in the early days? If you don't mind me sharing yeah. sharing yeah, some no, confidential no. information. Um, well, I worked out that. Um, I needed about 40% uh, of what I was currently earning to fall back on um, during the time that um, I was coming out of Covenant and just to be able to uh, to, to actually live. Um, and um, I think 40% was the bare minimum, really. 
And uh, that that was quite sufficient. I mean, for me, it was slightly different. I had the benefit of starting or not um, during 2020, uh, which um, gave other challenges. But at the same time, uh, I thought if I could actually make it work then, then um, I could make, make it work it when we're not in COVID. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. What about you, um, Pete, from a financial point of view? Where does you sort of see that you needed to be to ensure that this was going to be a success? Yeah, I was actually the figure that Andy just gave was pretty much what I was. I was about 40% of my earnings previously. I just needed to look at plans specifically when we were coming out of Covenant, when we'd um, approach the previous clients that we had and formulating that into a business plan so that I knew what I needed, how much I needed, had confidence in where I would be in X, Y, Z, um, and then just going for it. Okay, and what about you, Andy? Yeah, I spoke to um, four other uh, appointed reps, uh, people that I knew, um, so, so there wasn't anybody that I didn't know, uh, so maybe I was fortunate in that respect, but all those four were different models, um, and um, with different degrees of control that I would have over the broking side, and um, and and yeah, the, in terms of um, in terms of the size of those uh, AR businesses, some were uh, bigger than ultimately the one I chose, and some were a lot smaller. Uh, so uh, so yeah, it's quite a quite a quite a choice. And and sticking with you, Andy, um, was there a catalyst that made you say? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this. Yeah, um, I, I, I mentioned that um, that I was made redundant for one particular role, and I started working for another company, another large um, uh, brokerage, and um, uh, I got to about six, seven months into that role. I had at the back of my mind that, you know, I might like to start my own um, uh, brokerage. But the real catalyst was, um, it was the micromanagement. It was, I was doing as much as I possibly could. I was as self-motivated as I possibly could in that role. And I was bringing in some results within the first six months. And yet I was still being micromanaged. And I just found it totally soul-destroying. Uh, and it was just killing my spirit doing what I was doing. Mm. So that really was the catalyst. I, I just thought, no, I've just decided... I want to be in control of what I'm doing. Uh, I know I'm doing as much as I possibly can to make a success of what I'm doing. I might as well be doing it for myself. And, and passing the question across to you, Pete, um, you know, the I heard you umming as, as, as Andy was saying that. Does it resonate with you in a similar sort of story? Yeah, some of them, really. Um, the big one for me that actually decided we're going to go for it, um, as I have a business partner, we'd both been made redundant at the same time. And literally both of us were going to look for jobs and we thought right do you know what let's get away from everything talk to our wives and families let's get away from everything we took a week away i'm not sure if it was a week away of pure business talk or just to see whether we could tolerate each other but we could tolerate each other and we both had the same sort of business idea and we were in our opinions both very good at what we did uh, and that was the decision. We said, right, no, we're not going to go and work for somebody. I don't want to make more money for other people. Let's make some money for ourselves. And I suppose, what, you're nearly, what, eight, eight and a half years in? I'm sure you have your ups and downs, Pete, but uh, yep. more ups than downs. <laughs> Definitely. Lots of ups, <laughs> lots of downs. And, and look, I suppose I'll stick with you, Pete, if you don't mind. And the next question mm -hmm. there is, is 
what we see from time to time is is a reluctance for people to to approach support businesses like Momentum, maybe because there's fears around confidentiality or or simply, you know, they're just not sure whether they're the right fit to make this happen. Mm. You know, what advice would you give to people who find themselves in a position when they're sitting there going, maybe with a bit of envy, sitting there looking at it, thinking, I can do that. I, I, I'm sure I'm, I'm in a position to start my own brokerage, but I just, I just really don't know where to start. Uh, first thing I'd say is that all of that process, not just with Momentum, with others as well, was completely confidential. There was nothing at all that came out of any of it. Um, my view would be, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is you could have a fantastic business plan that you then push forward and life's all rosy, or you suddenly sit there and go, actually, A doesn't equal B, so I'm going to go and get a job elsewhere. And there's nothing wrong with that either, but it depends on the certain people that will want to do it, want to push themselves and go, let's give this a go. And how would you select that person? I mean, it's all well and good me standing, sitting here and, and obviously talking around momentum, but it's trying to get yourself comfortable around that. Have you got any sort of thoughts about how you sort of say, you know what, that's that's probably the person we reach out to or that's the company we reach out to? Who you feel comfortable with. It's as simple as, as, simple as that. Um, who you trust, because you are putting quite a lot of faith in these people's hands. My biggest thing would be, whatever you do, go and meet them. Go and spend a little bit of time with them. Don't don't do all this on, you know, we're lucky now we're out of COVID, but you don't have to do it all on Zoom calls. You don't have to do it all there. Meet these people, see what they can actually say to you face to face. That'd be my honest opinion. Yeah, no, thanks for that, Pete. Really appreciate it. Andy, what about you? Yeah, no, I, was, I, was, I was just going to say, you, you've got to trust them. Um, anybody, any of the networks that you uh, you do want to engage in, you've got to trust them. I, I think you, I, I think they are trustworthy in that uh, from a confidentiality point of view, you've got no real issues of um, in that regard. Um, and I think if you don't trust them, uh, then you'll just be paralyzed and um, you'll never seek those opportunities that could potentially change your life. So, so yeah, I, I think trust is the key and just go for it. Yeah. And, and I suppose if you think, take your example there, um, Andy, you know, you were in employment and you were feeling that wasn't really the future for you. Um, was it a big decision to actually say, do you know what, I'm going to reach out and speak to myself or, or anybody, or was it, was it actually quite a simple thing for you to do because you'd got to the yeah. certain it, headspace? It was a simple thing to do. I think, um, I, I think over the course of the previous 12 months where that um, might have been in the back of my mind, uh, moving into employment and also having in the back of my mind that, you know, I'll be working there for 12 months till I come out of covenant. It starts setting your mind um, into into thoughts of of what you could do. And I think as soon as um, as soon as I started uh, being um, subject to the sort of uh, micromanagement that um, I'd experienced before, I just thought, no, it's a simple decision, phone call, and um, the rest is kind of history. Yeah, and sticking with you, Andy. Um, you know, we uh, Pete touched on it earlier, as did yourself, around you know there are options of who you can partner with. There are alternative solutions. How important was it for you? I mean, I think you said you talked to four businesses yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. with a view of um, I call it a beauty parade of selecting the right mm. people. But mm. what sort of due diligence did you do, and what was that process and uh, involved for you specifically? And how important is it? Yeah, I think um, 
I suppose, I suppose, yeah. The, the the due diligence for me was was largely talking to um, to people that I knew from those organisations, asking to speak to other people, uh, other ARs who were working for the, for those organisations. Um, there's always the thought that um, you may be being put in touch with somebody um, who is a, a true advocate of that particular network, rather than being somebody who will tell you as it is. But I think speak to enough people and get enough names from. Um, the um the, the people you're dealing with at the uh the network uh and and speak to as many people as you possibly can and and you will get a pretty uh representative view i think um of those companies um and i suppose as well if um if i mean i spoke to um again maybe i was fortunate but i spoke to uh a previous um, I spoke to ARs who had previously worked with other networks, so maybe two or three different networks. Uh, so I was able to get uh, an idea of um, what the current network was they were working for and how that actually compared with the, uh, the other networks. Um, so so got, a, got a balanced view, I think. Yeah, and Pete, what about yourself? I mean, you touched on the fact that you, you, you spoke to a few ARs from different networks when you originally started. Oh, I would I would say the one thing you don't understand your strengths and understand what the other network will bring to you. You know, what does the network bring to me? So I'm good at this. What are they good at? And trying to make that you might have to compromise. And the one thing I'd say to anybody look at don't just look at the the numbers coming your way. And because you will need advices, help and certain things in certain areas that certain networks will not give you. They might charge you less for their products, but they're not gonna give you everything that you will need as a suite of product. Um, so be wary of that one. Make sure you know what you're really strong in. For ourselves, myself and my business partner, very strong on the sales aspect. We needed someone to take away most of the other behind the scenes stuff. I don't wanna do compliance. I don't wanna do endless paperwork. Uh, these guys, we were, you know, will take that away from me. Am I prepared to give them a little bit more to do that? Yes, I am, because I know if I can get on the sales floor, I can produce more sales, genuinely more income, pay for itself. I mean, one of the things you know you touched on before, Pete, is you, I mean, you come from an underwriting uh, background as well as a broking background, but you talked about the importance of remaining in control and doing your broking. Yet you find yourself in a situation where you're not doing your own breaking. That, that 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 sort of was, I suppose, a pivot and a move from where you, I suppose, originally presented yourself or where you thought you needed something from your um, principal. Yes, yeah, very, very much. <laughs> that was that was the hardest thing for for us to do was to relinquish that, and that took a quite serious, lengthy meeting, and again, having someone with knowledge, understanding, know where they're coming from. Uh, if we're honest, we gave him a couple of really nasty hypothetical risks to look at, perfectly broked um, in that short duration of during that meeting. They went away and broke it and came back with the solutions. That trust issue was there almost immediately. And although it's going to waver from that time to time, because you're sometimes thinking, I could do a better job than that, or I can do that, or fundamentally, you pass it over to them, it's done. Yeah, and, and I suppose just moving that back to you, Andy, I mean, uh, I remember some of the conversations we oh. had in the early days, and, and and I think you've even been quoted, I think, something on the lines of, that was a bit of a tough thing for you to move <laughs> on from, yeah, but yeah. 
haven't regretted it since. Yeah, um, yeah, it's the control thing, and um, you know, I think as as brokers doing what we do, uh, we've got to put our point across to the um, to the insurers, and that's that's the be all and end all really as to whether or not we're going to get the terms that we uh, we really need to to uh, to win the risk um, or to renew the risk, and and initially, yeah, from a control point of view, really difficult. Um, I'm two years on now, a bit more than two years on, and um, I genuinely feel actually that the uh, my network now are better at broken than than I am, and I, I possibly would have been. So, so I do think they are a better place to be doing the broking um, on the whole than uh, than I ever was. So, yeah, I've come full circle really. It's fantastic to hear. And um, if we just take this a, a step back slightly, um, you know, you, one of the things which I have to say about the the startup broking community is is you're a pretty transparent bunch. You know, we, we talk about warts and all. I mean, you know, the two of you are here today sharing your stories, which is a great example. You know, what is it that, you know, that you guys do? Why, why do you do what you do in regards to helping others making their decisions with this? Is it, is it just fundamentally you're trying to help them learn from, not necessarily the mistakes, but some of the lessons you've learned on the way? I mean, I'll start with you, Pete. Well, if I'm honest, we made a mistake from day one with it, with our selection, and it took a little while to recover from it. Um, but if you're not going to make any mistakes in business, then you're not doing it right. You've got to take a few, have a few challenges and overcome them. So, again, reassess, push out your strengths, know where you are, and, and we had to go with our gut feeling once we knew we'd made the wrong, the initial wrong choice to be big enough and strong enough to go look this is a disaster for us let's move elsewhere uh, and almost start again and and we'll, i suppose we'll come back to that in a second pete but i suppose mm. thinking about you know you went and sought opinions and support or ideas from those who've done it before yeah how many people have come and asked you for opinions and support and whether this is the right thing for them plenty of them um <laughs> And, it, and I'll just give it as it is. It's, it's, it's honest, you will like some aspects of it hugely. Uh, going back to compliance, etc., and the paperwork aspects, you're probably not going to like giving away your, or effectively your underwriting license. Um, but a broking license. <laughs> broking yeah. license, as we call it. But you've got to do it. Uh, because as Andy said, these guys know what they're doing. You can completely trust them. And if there are any issues, you'll always know about it. They'll come straight to you and tell you. Yeah, um, but they will have more idea. They genuinely have more ideas than I do of where to place a risk. I'm not sure that's say much about you, Pete, but I'll, 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 leave, that one, I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> I mean, passing it back to you, Andy. Um, um, you know, you, you sought opinions and help from people when you were looking to make the decision. I'm, I'm sure yeah. people, plenty of people are coming to you. And and, and what are, what sort of things are you telling them? I suppose. Um, I mean, for me, uh, I. From the previous role I was doing, uh, I was doing exactly the same, got exactly the same customers then as I have now. But the difference is, is, is I probably, hand on my heart, working for a corporate, um, I probably enjoyed my job 20% of the time. And I probably even started to question whether or not I actually wanted to do that job, having wow. enjoyed it 20% of the time. And as I say, I've got the same customers, 
doing exactly the same job, being able to do the job how I want to do it and, um, and probably provide the service that I think my customers really need. And I do. I, I probably have one bad day in 30. So um, you know, that's, that's quite, a, quite, again, quite a turnaround. So uh, that's, that's probably my message is that, um, that, that I, I genuinely think that if you care about your customers and you care about the, the work that you, you do for them, you'll, you'll actually enjoy and get a lot more out of doing that, working for yourself than working for someone. Yeah, not too many spreadsheets to fill in for you, Andy, no doubt. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Only my own. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you love a spreadsheet, so uh, you know, fair enough. I mean, and yeah. Involving family and friends is obviously a very important part of the decision-making process. Um, you know, sticking with you, Andy, hmm. how did you involve family and friends for the decision process, and, and, and what did they have to say? Yeah, I mean, you, it's really important, obviously, to involve uh, the nearest and dearest. Um, particularly, obviously, uh, your partner. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what I would say is, um, is, is that probably don't let anybody put you off because, although my wife was really supportive, uh, she thought and trusted in me if I thought it was the right thing to do, and financially I could prove that that we could have the resources to to fall back on. Then she was one hundred percent behind me. Um, I I would suppose that there could be situations where. Maybe somebody's a little bit nervous and would be probably discouraging the risk aspect to it. Yeah. Uh, but what I would say is, is that, that that if my wife had been like that, then then that could have been the the thing that turned me against doing it. But I think if you really believe in yourself and you believe in in the service that you give your customers and the fact that they're bought into you and um, and that you think they will come with you then I, I do think you need to consult them you need to involve them in that decision but don't let them put you off. Excellent. What about you, Pete? No, hugely echo the same. But my my wife, etc. Just what again goes back to my thinking. What's the what she said to me? What's the worst that can happen? Is the money you put aside for the business goes, and you've got to go and get another job doing pretty much what you were just doing before. Yeah. Um, and you'd also considered getting that job a month ago. So where are you with it? Um, they just said, right, just go for it. Just we'll, we'll cope regardless. But in the back of my mind, I've got a business plan written that um, gives me that backup bit. But yeah, as Andy said, just don't let anybody put you off. If it, you think that you're capable and you think that, again, that your your clients are going to like the service, that you, then absolutely do it. And, and it's, I suppose thinking about the wife saying to you, Pete, well, what's the worst that can happen? Did you have a contingency plan or if things didn't work out? No. You know, I'm honest. No, it was. I put both feet into it. But knowing deep down that it, if you're good at your job, someone else is going to pick you up as an employee if absolutely necessary. If that's what you want to do at the end of it, then fine. But you've got to put both feet. You've got to go straight into it and put your whole lot into it. Um, and you will reap the rewards. No two ways around it. And, and not just financial rewards. There are so many other rewards to being self-employed. And yeah, we'll probably pick up on some of those a little bit later. But I suppose if you look at the market at the moment for account execs or the, well, the lack of account execs and the amount of adverts, you know, now's the perfect probably time to have, an, have a go at it and know that, that that's always potentially a fallback position. So um, I suppose passing the same question across to you, Andy, you know, what's your take on, you know, did you have a contingency plan if things didn't work out? 
It, it was the fallback of um, uh, yeah, the the longer uh, I was an AR, the closer I would be towards my covenant expiring. So I'd be in a perfect position if I needed to 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 get employment. But I can tell you something: as soon as you get to nine months. Uh, around nine months of, of being your own boss, you will do anything not to be employed again. So, so that's the real incentive and motivation, and and you will make it work. Yeah. And I suppose thinking about that first nine months, did you ever think that the, I'm going to revert to the uh, the uh, um, plan B or the contingency plan, or, did, or or it just didn't happen for you? Not once. No, it didn't no, happen. No. 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 Excellent. So, one of the challenges people do raise every now and again is is about you know. Coming from a position of working in, a, in an office, you know, use the water cooler, the lunchroom, whatever it may be, having those people around you for some is very, very important. Um, how did you find, uh, Pete, working for yourself or by yourself for yourself? I appreciate you and your business partner did it together, but you're not exactly around the corner from each other. Uh, no, and it's that age-old thing where you've got some, a little bit of fallback. But we had, at that point when we set up the business, I had been working from home for, on my own pretty much for 10, 15 years. Okay. So, it, and it can be a lonely place. You have to use what's around you, whether it be, you know, sometimes, certainly when we first set up, I would I'd go and see some clients. I didn't necessarily need to see some clients, but you could go out and see them and you could have a chat with them. You could also go left and right, maybe, and get a couple of leads. Uh, you could ask them for a couple of leads, especially when the business started to go. But I was lucky enough to have the fallback of a business partner if we really did need to, to chat something through. Or the guys in the office, will, will when you pick up, will pick up the phone to you, they'll have a bit of a chat with you. If you every now and then, you need to chat to people. You can pick yeah. where you want to go with it. Um, don't sit there alone just wallowing because you haven't had a lead that day or you didn't get that new business. Um, you can discuss it through with someone in the office. They'll chat with you. No problem whatsoever. Excellent. And um, over to you, Andy. What about your thoughts on working at home by yourself? Yeah, I'll probably <laughs> echo a little bit what Pete just said, really, because I've worked from home predominantly for the last 15 years. Um, I have had office involvement um, and, and I've always I've always enjoyed the office environment. Um, so I think um, I think for me, I've got um, a couple of uh, a couple of ex-colleagues who um, I've been able to speak to if I've had a, an issue uh, with a client, a particular technical query that is just something I haven't come across before. Uh, then I've been able to, to pick up the phone and have a chat with them. So I have got a little bit of a support network in that respect, not huge. And it's only something I've ever reverted to when I've, I've really needed to. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think the office, I, I underestimated probably in the first six months how much I could probably um, speak to the office, um, the network office, and just have a, have a chat with them about some of the uh, issues I might have been facing. Um, and I think, again, I just I don't want to sound like I'm repeating what Pete said. But, yeah, I, in the first 12 months, I just got out as much as I possibly could uh, and saw if I didn't need to see a client, maybe um, maybe they were saying, no, I'd, I don't need to see you this year. I would always go and see them anyway. But um, but I'd probably make an effort to to call in on the way from seeing another client just so that, again, from a presence, they um, they knew I was about. So and that helped me. That, yeah. So I suppose Sorry. thinking specifically around what you gain from an office you haven't lost now, Andy? I, d I don't think so. Not for me, no. 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 What about you, Pete? Not at all. No. Um, I, don't, 
I don't miss, and I go back to what Andy was saying about being managed by people. That's probably the biggest area. No one manages me anymore. I can pretty much do what I want when I want to do it. Um, hence the darker face. <laughs> I thought that was just because uh, you're back from holiday. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I suppose, you know, coming back from holiday and uh, recently and, uh, um, and, and obviously spending some time in the Rugby World Cup in France like I did in October, you know, how do you manage your time? Because, you know, clearly the clock in the background's at the wrong time. So uh, <laughs> how, do, how, how do you do that day in, day out? Uh, oh, twofold, really. Um, make the office completely aware of what my capabilities are while I'm away. If they're absolutely enough, I'm not going to pick up any emails, any phone calls, anything. Keep them in the loop. Obviously, I've got a business partner, so we, I can throw a certain amount in that direction as well. Um, but it's all about forward planning and understanding. And the office will keep you updated on things. You'll get emails through nice and early for renewals a lot of the time. You know where you are with it. And there's enough system work that you can do to pull out various reports that tell you where you should be doing, what you should be doing, what's coming up, maybe your leads, maybe your renewals. Just have to keep on top of them. What about you, you can Andy? certainly go away. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah, um, I, I like to be in control. Uh, <laughs> and um, that means that um, I do like to have my phone switched on. Um, I do like to be able to check my emails. I do try not to. Um, and I would say that, that I have peaks and troughs as most um, brokers do uh, during the year. And um, there's probably um, at least one month of the year where I have very few renewals. And um, with that in mind, I do, I am able to, to relax a lot more. I am able to um, uh, do, do sort of uh, little projects around the house maybe. So I'm working probably part-time for one month of that 12 months. So there is a real sort of balance there that, that I can take advantage of. And, and that's not without um, taking my foot off the gas in any respect. It just, it's just the way the renewals fall and it's the way I've, I've probably um, avoided certain times of the year and wanted to make those times of the year my own. And that's something that you can do. So, so yeah, I, 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 I could use the office a little bit more, I think, and, um, and, and maybe step back a little bit, but I like to be able to, uh, I like to be able to look after my customers. And, and, and for you, Andy, is it a nine to five world for you? Or, or? It's, it's, it's not nine to five, no. Um, it hasn't got the pace. I mean, sometimes it is on, on those, those peak times, then yeah, it's busy from uh, eight o'clock in the morning and I am working into the evening. Um, but that's not every day and that's not every week. Um, so there is a balance there. So, so yeah, so yeah there, are, there are times where I do have to work uh, long hours, um, but there are other times where, where I don't. And dare I say it, was that any different from when you were working for somebody else? Uh, <laughs> I suppose. I suppose now is um, I can I can I can choose and I can have no. Um, it, there's no guilt if um, if I'm not able to put 100% in because <laughs> I haven't got the, the the clients to actually to, to see at that time. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. What about you, Pete? Very similar. When I. So one of the things that I have is a rule my wife implemented, actually. This was part of the agreement moving forward when we set up Intellectus. My office shuts at six o'clock. So I come out of my office at six o'clock regardless every day. Now, that's not to say I don't have to come back in at, say, eight o'clock or 8.30 and do a little bit more. 
Um, but we, when, at the time when we set it up, two smallish children, I need to spend time with my family. So do that by all means. But once they're fed, watered, and in bed, then fine. Then I, if I've got to go in, and you do have to every now and then, not that often, uh, and you can choose to do it then, or you can choose to do it the following day, or whatever, or up early. But you, your calendar and your clock are yours, really. You know what you've got to do, um, and you know roughly where the time you've got to do it. It doesn't always fall into place, but as Andy said, you can do it to your whatever degree you need to do it. Sometimes it might be 50%, and sometimes it might be 120% because you're full on. But having that flexibility is fantastic. And you're doing it for yourself. And look, you know, Pete, without, I'm not trying to pick on you right now, but I know you play a lot of golf. Um, <laughs> but you know what? You, you managed to fit a lot of golf in, despite running your own business. Yeah. And we do, it's a conscious effort, a bit like, and I also have a month where I don't have, actually don't have any renewals in an entire month, purposely, and it's purposeful, it's, it's just so that I can get away for the, for the summer duration. Yeah. Um, and I can, but I do invite my clients a lot to golf as well, so if you can make that work, you found a passion that you've got, which is I have with golf, and a lot, or I find a client who's got a passion for golf, then... I've got that client for three, four, five hours, or if I'm playing really badly, six or seven hours, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it's never that bad, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and look, Pete, you know, I, I remember the days when, you know, your covenants were about to expire and, and you were, you're about to get out there and see all your clients again. And, you know, one of the big things which a lot of people worry about or, or are a little bit concerned is, is, you know, how is my old employer going to respond when I start targeting my old clients once covenants expire? How did you find that uh, period? Clients, absolutely fine. I think they wanted to to see you again because a lot of the time, as Andy mentioned in a previous comment, they buy into you. They really, and to the point sometimes where they don't really know who their insurer is or what they're doing, but they go, well, I'm, I'm insured with Pete or I'm insured with Phil, my business partner. Um, so they will look at you in that respect. We didn't get any comeback whatsoever from uh, our previous employers. They let us just get on with it, um, but they did. We did stick to our our covenant. Yeah, Andy, about you. Yeah, just just stress that I stuck to my covenant completely, um, and I think following the uh, the twelve month period, um, obviously spoke to my clients. I actually part of the, part of the um, the planning process, the uh, business planning process, was to uh, do the sort of the red amber green process. And um, with that, uh, I had a, a percentage, obviously, that I thought were going to come straight with me and give me a less appointment. I had those that I thought maybe would um, or would at least give me a chance to quote. And then I had the, the ones that I thought, nah, they're, they're just they're more uh, customers of my previous broker, um, my previous employer. And the surprising thing was for me was that when I started that process and starting to talk to my customers again, starting to actually visit them, um, I think that's important to to actually sort of show that face again uh, after the covenant. Then, um, then more people uh, I could have put more in the green category than I perhaps did, uh, which was very pleasantly surprising um, to me. 
and and even some of those that I put in red that are totally discounted. Uh, I still obviously approach them, and and some of those um, provided me with letters of appointment. So, so so yeah. And as far as the um, my previous employer was concerned, uh, I did fear that they um, they may be quite aggressive in trying to retain those clients. You know, perhaps um, change structure the 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 deals that they had. Uh, maybe sort of give the policies away without taking any income from them. Uh, I didn't face that. And I think the reason I didn't face that was that um, I got in there really early. I got in there with the letters appointments um, before they came up for renewal and I didn't give them the chance. So, uh, mm. so yeah, it, it all worked really well for myself, actually. Excellent. Um, so starting with you, Andy, how has business, so running your own business, impacted on things you do outside of insurance broking, you know, on your own personal time, um, whether it be time with family, whether it be hobbies and sports? I mean, I know we touched yeah. before from Pete's point of view, but really sort of quite keen to see how you've managed that. Yeah, um, well, you, you probably want to ask my wife, actually, that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think um, I think she she's quite pleased because she's, um, again, I, I want to stress that, that, I take what I do really seriously. And um, in terms of the service that I give my customers, I will be there on the phone. I will be uh, answering emails. They will get top-notch service from me. But the way that I'm able to organize my day or my week or my month, it means that, that my wife's had the, the bathroom renovated. Um, she's had um, the lounge uh, converted into a, a lounge dining area. So she's had all the things that um, <laughs> that I haven't normally got time to do or that I don't want to spend my weekends or holiday doing. I've been able to do that and I've been able to make time to do that by planning that in to my work uh, week or my work month. And I'd say that I genuinely haven't um, uh, distracted from um, looking after my customers in doing that. It's just what I've been able to do by managing my own time and being my own business. And, and if you look at that from the point of view, you've got a family or children. Um, how, how does how's that helped in regards to working from home and, and running your own business from home? I, I think, um, I, I mean, I'm fortunate that, that mine have actually, um, they've, they've left school now. But um, they were looking for jobs uh, at the time that I started this. So in the first 12 months of being an AR, they were looking for jobs. And I have to say, I was able to, to dedicate time to helping them with their CVs, helping them with their interview preparation. And it's something I just couldn't have done um, or I would have been able to do, but it would have been at weekends or evenings. But I was able to be reactive and be able to help them when they needed the help. So, so that, that, that's a big thing, I think, with, um, with regards to helping my children, definitely. Excellent. And Pete, you know, I think what Andy said before about, you know, when you're nine months into your covenant, you don't want to let go and you're just, you're just egging to get to that 12-month um, period when you, when you can obviously start making hay. But um, was there actually a time when you and, and your business partner actually said this was a success and this was a right decision? Do you remember when that, to sit when you thought that? Ooh, I would probably say hmm, a, a, a year, I think, was too soon because we were still, we had a covenant for a certain period of time. I think I would probably say about 18 months into it, a year out of covenant we were, and they were still, a letter of appointment was still flying in. Um, and we then thought, right, this we've made a good go of this. We've really got our heads down, really worked hard for that period. Um, 
no, we can't just take the rewards. We've got to, you know, keep a foot down, keep going. And it's all about service, as Andy's mentioned a few times, all about service. And as soon as they can see that they're going to get the service that they might have had with you previously uh, in your new sort of role or company, then they start the recommendations then start flying in and everything goes through and follows on from there. So, yeah. And, and I suppose specifically looking at your situation about that time was when you were looking at a potential new principal. Um, so you had that obviously going in, on in the background, yet yeah. you're pretty confident this was going in the right direction. Um, that must have been a little bit difficult to get your head around at that particular time. Well, the, the, the numbers made sense. Yeah. What was going on in the background didn't make sense. Um, so we had that in our minds relatively early on that we need to move. When's the right time to move for us? And there were just a few circumstances that that enabled us to push that button, make the change, and make it very quickly. Um, yeah. And it was the no. right decision. No, fantastic. Andy, what about you? When did you sort of feel like this was yeah. this was going in the right direction? And I am pretty sure yeah. this is the right decision. Well, I, with myself, um, I had less covenants to uh, to actually work through when I first became an AR. Uh, so that was a huge advantage. Um, so the way I measured really, I obviously had a business plan, but I was determined to, I saw success as having 60 clients, getting 60 of my old clients back. That was my measure of success. So so I have to be honest, I can't remember when that was. That was in the first year, but uh, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was that, that was my measure of success to sort of say, right, I want... 60 of those if i got 60 customers then i should have this amount of income coming in and and that'll be it i'll be i'll be happy and i'll confirm that i've made the right decision and it's working i remember having a conversation with you andy about three months in after you <laughs> after your covenants expired and uh and no it was probably slightly earlier than that actually and and i said how's it all going are you happy are you you you're sure this is going in the right direction and I think you pulled your spreadsheet out at the time and sort of said, well, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm ahead of where I thought I was going to be. And I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm going to hit the 12 month number already. So yeah. it was pretty early, early days after your covenants expired when you were, you were there. So I'd, 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 I'd like to suggest it was probably before you got your 60 clients, but um, yeah, yeah, it probably was. Yeah. And then when yeah. I started getting some of those, those clients who you categorize as, as probably red and they're, they're probably not going to come with you when they, they do come with you. Uh, you kind of think, blimey, I, I've, I should have backed myself a bit earlier, really. <laughs> Excellent. And um, I suppose life is all about learning, gents, about learning from the experience you've had and, you know, what you've gone down this journey. Um, Andy, what, you're three and a half years in, I think you are. Yep. Pete, you're eight and a half, I think it is, or maybe yeah. it's nine and a half. I'm, I'm sorry if I haven't got that eight quite right. You know, what were some of the experiences? Um, maybe, Pete, if you don't mind going to you first, that the things... I won't say mistakes, but things you learnt along the way that maybe, you know what, you might have done that slightly different. Oh, I would say don't try and do don't try and do everything. There are people out there when you're setting up a business especially that are specialists in their field. Let them do their job. And it might be that you're you're thinking, well, why am I paying somebody £100 a month to do that or £200? You, there's so much tech in the world nowadays that if you're not as tech savvy like me, I'm not particularly tech savvy, I need somebody to do that. So I'm, I'm never afraid to hear a pitch from somebody else that can assist my business 
and if necessary, pay for it. Yep. Stick to what you're good at, basically, is what you're saying. 100%. Yeah. Andy, what about you? Um, for me, um, I think um, I think coming over to uh, to the network, uh, I, the lack of control was the the thing that um, that was probably a bit of an issue for me initially. But the the thing I would probably change, or um, the, the mistake I made, was was really not trusting probably uh, what I'd bought into in the first place. Um, and um, I do remember a conversation actually, and um, it's, it's it's comes back to haunt me sometimes. Uh, this conversation that we had actually was um, was when I was um, I was sort of probably uh, suggesting that uh, I was I was waiting for something to happen, and um, and normally I might have actually got the result, or I might have actually got the outcome by then. Um, I think you said to me, um, I think you said to me, uh, Andy, are you sure it's not the fact that you're just waiting? For somebody to come back to you, that's uh, that's that's making you impatient. And I think it was. I think I think it actually was. I wasn't used to being um, out, not having the control that I, that I normally would have. So just waiting for somebody to do something for me. Um, I love it now, uh, but at the time, <laughs> <laughs> at the time, it probably caused me quite a little bit of stress that I didn't need to be causing myself. No, and I think from recollection, I, I recall the conversation. It was all about the fact that I think I actually <laughs> said to, I said the big difference right now, Andy, is is when you when you were employed, you had about fifty things on your desk, and yeah. right now you've got one thing on your desk, and yeah, that's, that's all right. that actually yeah, yeah. matters. I thought, How and, dare uh, you say that? That's <laughs> <laughs> spot on. Yeah, really spot. But on. we're still laughing about it now. It's a good sign, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting one. Look, anything that keeps you up at night, gents, Pete? Nope. Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing. Gen genuinely serious. We, we, we sit there and we'll, we, we'll look at certain types of business and go, do we want to do that? Do we want to? The, one of the luxuries that we've had now, and it, it wasn't a luxury that we had in our last company, was if you don't want to insure someone for whatever reason, you don't have to. You're the boss. Um, and well, over the years, I've taken on many clients. I just thought, I don't really want to deal with this person. They're not very pleasant. They're pain in the neck. However, you've got that choice and that's set in front of you now. Um, so no, and I am confident that every client that we've been to, because we'll do a thorough review of everything and we get the backup from the office, they're insured and they're insured correctly. Oh, brilliant. Andy, are you sleeping just as well as Pete? Uh, I am, yeah, not like a baby, <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, I, I I do definitely sleep better. I think I think the point that um, that I'm in control. I probably don't. Well, I definitely don't have the quantity of customers that I used to have, and um, I don't have the um, the stress of um, of of um, you know the uh, the corporate machine. Uh, constantly um, sort of asking what you're doing and uh, uh, what, what have you produced this time. And actually, I, I just, I do, I, I do definitely sleep better, yeah. I probably do yeah. sleep like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to get up as early as Pete does to get a golf, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. And I suppose, um, staying with you, Andy, looking at your business plan when you originally, you know, put your business plan yeah. together about this is yeah. what I'm going to achieve. Mm -hmm. Does the business look a lot different than, than what you put on paper back in those um, days? Yeah, it does. Um, uh, it's probably, well, I know that uh, my initial business plan was a certain amount of income. And I know that within two and a half years, uh, it's, it's double that. 
and Wonderful. the only the only the only issue I've got is probably I'd like to have produced more business and I'd like to go after more business uh, and I'd need probably a little bit of assistance um, to on the administration side to to help me do that mm -hmm. uh, but it's a nice situation to be in and um, and you're constantly weighing up do I really want to pay somebody to do something that I can com do completely do myself um, or, or, or a, continue with the status quo it's a tough decision but yeah it's one that uh, it's nice to have yeah, and Pete, thinking back to the, the plan with Phil, you know, where does that look, or what, what was it, and how does that look now? Oh, it's changed greatly over the years. Um, you've just got to be able to reassess everything, go, right, okay, this is working for us, this isn't working for us, let's make an adjustment, let's make a model. We're a situation where we lost our largest client. Um, but you could have crumbled at that point and gone, oh my God, where's the income? No, just work it out. What do we need to do to replace it? And so we had quite a lot of assistance from the network to help us do it. And we've not only replaced that, we're probably now year on year, between 15, 20% year on year over where we thought we were gonna be. No, fabulous, that's great. Look, we're pretty much running out of time now for some questions. So look, I've got a, just a few, what I would say is just, you know, very short, sharp answers, if you don't mind, gents, um, so we can try and squeeze a few bits more in. But, um, and it's very, very much around what advice you give to those who are listening. Um, so if we'll start with you, Pete, if you don't mind, um, who to talk to if they're concerned as to whether or not they can make this work for them? Speak to your family, first of all, get them on side. I would then do some research as to potential networks and then speak to them. Excellent. Andy? Uh, I'd, I'd speak to, to anybody that you know has actually uh, become an appointed rep and um, it doesn't matter what network that they're actually with, but uh, just speak to as many people as you can. Uh, I think that will just give you reassurance as much as anything. Excellent. And sticking with you, Andy, what, what are the main benefits you see from self-employment? Uh, it's, I think it's control for me is, um, is just being able to, to know that, that as soon as I start speaking to a client, as soon as I start the renewal process, I do it when I want to do it, uh, which is usually six to eight weeks before the renewal. Um, it means that I can pace myself. I'm not waiting for someone to do the administration, but I, of course I'd have a moan about that because uh, <laughs> it'd be nice yeah. to have some help with that. But, um, but no, um, I'm in complete control. So, so I put I put all the paperwork together. Um, I'm I'm probably I'm probably closer to the cover that the client has than I was before because I'm involved in putting the documentation together, and I do think that gives the client more reassurance. It enables me to point out more potential um, issues that they may come across or, or um, conditions, uh, endorsements. Um, I've always done that, but I think from a point of view of, of being that much closer to those things, I'm able to add more value to the customer. Excellent. And Pete, finally from you, main benefits you see from self-employment? Uh, I watched my daughter play netball earlier on this morning. That's one straight away for me. It's a family benefit. Don't know if I was in the corporate where I was 10 years ago, I would never have got the chance to do that. Um, and working for yourself again, if long as you plan it and you do everything correct, then you can have X, Y, Z time off. 
um, which I tend to do quite a lot. So, Excellent. And staying with you, Pete, final question. What one bit of advice would you give to somebody who's sitting on the fence as to, will I, won't I do this? Do it. What's the worst that can happen? Excellent. Andy? You've got to come yeah. up with something different. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> just, don't, just don't delay. I mean, um, working for, for – you wanted a quick answer. I'll do it as quickly as I can. Um, <laughs> working, for, working for the corporates, you, you feel paralyzed sometimes. And I think um, you just need to not necessarily apply for a new job if you're not happy or, or you're not sure where it's going. You want to be in control of your own destiny. So, so just, just go for that in, in the first instance and, um, and you won't look back. My thanks again to all our broker partners who gave us their experiences on how they started their own brokerage with us here at Momentum. If you'd like to discuss further, be it over the phone, a video call or an email, just get in touch or follow the links in the podcast description. Keep your eyes peeled for our next 101 and join me in a couple of weeks for our next podcast episode. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts or on our website. Oh, and please don't forget to subscribe and share. Music.